Hello everyone, my name's George and I'm just one slice of the creative team behind the new acapella Edinburgh Fringe Show 1001 Open Mic Nights. I'm the director and the producer of the show. I love acapella and what I lack in talent, I make up for in enthusiasm. Hi, I'm Charlie, I'm co-music director and I'll be lending my PR and marketing skills to the show. Hi, I'm Rob and I'm the other co-music director of 1001 Open Mic Nights and acapella fan extraordinaire, known from such occasions as that one time I watched all three Pitch Perfect movies back to back alone in my room. This week we're joined by the eternally delightful Rachel Schoenbaum, best known as one of acapella's true veterans with the outstanding array of shows and interviews she has hosted with Ackerville Radio. We've turned the mic around on Rachel, who tells us about her slightly unusual journey into the world of acapella, and gives us her view on how the ICCA has changed since it began over 20 years ago. Hello! Oh my goodness, you may well have noticed from that very enthusiastic hello that there is a fourth hello with us this week, a fourth person. We have another extra special guest. It is Rachel from Ackerville. Rachel, say hello. Hello! I mean, I, I want to have a go at pronouncing your surname that is on the Zoom screen right now, but I don't want to butcher it. So would you like to say your surname? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have any uh, anybody who knows German, uh, my last name is uh, Schoenbaum, Schoenbaum. Um, but uh, it's it means pretty tree. <gasps> oh, how lovely! My, my surname means to tow, as in to pull a, a heavy object. Um, I don't, sure. I don't know for why. Uh, I don't know what the purpose <laughs> of that. But that is a beautiful second name. I love that. It's very nice. <laughs> I picked it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But how are you this week, Rachel? How has your week been? How's your weekend been? It's been insane and busy and wonderful because I moved house this week uh, and so I, I moved into my own place and I'm loving it and so happy and excited to be here. It's a new four walls to look at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after looking at the same four walls for the last 11 months. These are new walls and they are they are beautiful walls. <laughs> right, and hopeful with the future. I love it because as well, we should probably mention that in case any listeners didn't know already, we at this point have not aired, but by the time we release this podcast, I believe, will we have aired? I don't know, but essentially we're doing a bit of a podcast swap. And so we we've can? already done a Zoom call with Rachel and we saw the background last time and it's like, a brand new kind of backdrop for this Zoom call, which is always so exciting during <laughs> lockdown because, as you say, it's always the same background for everyone. So well, like and I feel like you guys are at a disadvantage because I have not yet put any of my art on the walls. And so this is a very <laughs> boring background. It's just a cream-coloured wall. It's horrible. As always, Rob is making up for us, though, so with yes. Manhattan with... skyline behind him. So Ooh. I mean... It's, it's got to be done. There's a there's a ladder here this week as well, which I can't tell you why it's there. I have the access to my to the loft up there in my house. <laughs> For the listeners, it's way up in the ceiling. And so a ladder appears in my room sometimes and I get no control over it. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, fi- I'm fine with it at this point. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> um, George and Charlie, how are you both? I am I'm very okay. well. Oh, oh, oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to be doubly sure that we're both okay. Charlie, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I went to my yeah. first, hen- well, virtual Hendy um, yesterday. Ooh. So that was very exciting when my friends was getting married. So congratulations, Hannah, if you're listening. Um, so yeah, been recovering today. But that was very interesting, a uh, virtual Hendy. Um, but George, mm. what about you? I did not go to a virtual Hindu. I wish I'd. I think that sounds, <laughs> that sounds so cool. Like how how did it work? Was it was it just on Zoom and everyone yeah. was zooming? Yeah, no. Everyone that's... came in Zoom. Did they tell you what alcohol you needed to have there in order to be all drinking the same sort of drink? Yep. So we all had prosecco. So and we had some you know okay. novelty items. Everyone was sent a little pack. We had bride tribe sashes as well. Um, the whole thing was great and um, we made different quizzes as well, all bride related, had some fun music. So yeah, it was really good, thanks. I love, I really love the tactical swerving with the oh, music yeah, the like, novelty pack. 
because George has, sh- uh, not George, Charlie has shown us what was in those packs. But since it's a bit explicit for this podcast... It's because I didn't think we needed another explicit warning, so I thought I'd... Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave it to your imagination. Oh, now you have me, like, horribly curious. We can tell you afterwards. Well, yeah, no, we're going to tell Rachel. Done. For you, listener, for you, listener it's, it's for you to imagine with your imagination. Get, get creative. Think about mm-hmm. it. Have a think. I'm definitely going to have to put an explicit warning on this. This is so suggestive. How are you, Rob? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm living my Manhattan dream one day at a time. You know, it's every day I wake up and I think, oh, I'm in New York. And then I turn over and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm in Weybridge. Um... <laughs> But it's fine. Yeah, I got some got some free tart earlier today from work, which is always fun. But at this point, that's about the, the highest the highlights go. So there we are. But hey, enough about us. Let's get on to having a bit of a, a bit of a chat about you, Rachel, because for those of you who aren't familiar, I hope people who are involved in the acapella community at this point will know who you are, because. It seems like you've had everybody under the sun who has ever done a cappella. You've had at least one member from the group be on your show <laughs> on the radio, or you've had some kind of interview with them at some point in time. Um, but I think we should start at the very beginning, and I would like you to tell us how you first, when you first heard a cappella, and how you got into the whole sphere. Yeah. I mean, I think like a lot of people, I, I, I guess, um, I found it in university when I was in university. Um, and back then, cause I'm a thousand years old, which you can't tell from my voice, uh, but, uh, that was in the sort of early mid nineties. Um, and so they didn't have, uh, they didn't have like, um, academic, they didn't have sort of pre-university groups like they do at least in the U S now. Um, so it really, it was very much a collegiate thing. And I, I just remember, having nothing to do one night and seeing some um, like advertisement up, like some poster up on, on a board somewhere and being like, Oh, that sounds like fun. Let me go do that. And I went and I was blown away just like instantaneously like, wow, wow. Of like what, what the voice, the human voice can do. And I was taken from the very beginning. So, context what university was this that you were at and what was the group that you went to see this evening like I feel like people would love to know that kind of who they can look to for inspiration (laughs) yeah so it's funny that you have the Manhattan skyline because I'm from New York um and so I tactical (laughs) yes I mean it was like on purpose for sure Uh, (laughs) it actually changes week to week depending on the guest (laughs) yeah who's the guest that's what he didn't say different different background Um, but it's a, a, a public university, um, a small one that people probably won't have heard of, uh, called Binghamton University. And it's in upstate New York, about three and a half or four hours north of Manhattan. Um, nice. And the name of the group was called the Binghamton Crosbys. <laughs> Bing Crosbys. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. We had we had on the last episode the Lemmingtones from Lemmington <gasps> Spa. And I feel like those two are on very similar par, like in terms of the names. <laughs> yes. And actually, in a very funny turn of events, multiple years later, the Crosbys made it to ICCA finals. In New no, York, no um, yeah. So, um, so that was not my last encounter with the Crosbys. Wow, that's yeah. so exciting. Mm-hmm. So, how long were you a part of the the Crosbys for? Was that like so, did you start in your first year of uni? No, because it is an all male group, and maybe <gasps> you could tell that I am not. I don't identify as male. In I'm not genetically male, and nor am I emotionally male. I am female, um, and that's how I identify. Uh, but um, it's an all male group, so um, it was not something I could have auditioned for. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, it turned out that there were a number of the guys in the group were in various courses of mine, and so I had connections with them that way. And actually, uh, one year my RA, which is a resident assistant, I don't know if you have those in um, England, but it's like somebody who kind of like a, a dorm mother or father, like somebody who sort of is like you could go to for help, emotional help or physical help 
um, you know, in your transition to university life. Yeah. And uh, so, so nice. I would have yeah. why, why don't we have been those nice. here? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the closest we have is uh, like a warden. But they're just like there to tell you to be that quiet and more... then they walk away. Yeah. 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 That just sounds saying. more like like evil, right? Like more um, yeah. Yeah. like penitentiary or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they come around with their batons at 11pm, like everybody quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> but my RA, Jose, um, was also a member of the group. So I had lots of like these, these little connections to various uh, group members. But I didn't sing in the group myself. I see. I love that. So it's like from the beginning of your journey with acapella, like you you have so you've got such a network with already with all these people. And I love that because I feel like that's something that you must be known for today. And the fact that like you're always reaching out to all of these different people. And you seem to know exactly who to talk to in all of these situations to kind of Maybe. Well, no, get information. <laughs> it, it definitely shows the idea of this network and like no matter where people are from or like what their interests are at uni like if you have this acapella thing it is it is quite a unifying activity to do I feel like maybe maybe sports could be quite divisive at times if it's like oh you're not on my team or you you do this different thing but like I feel like acapella even even in a competition realm is this kind of like Mm. team aspect and that that definitely comes through from your first experiences of it so that's lovely So from there, so you, you found the Crosby's at, at your university. Did you, did you kind of, were there any other groups on campus or was it literally just like the one? Yes, there was, that. Um, so there was uh, an uh, all-female group and uh, I believe two mixed groups. Um, the female group was called the Harper Harpeggios. Um, <laughs> Another amazing name. Yeah, well, Harper was one of the colleges, like the university was divided up into different sort of colleges. And so um, Harper was one of the colleges. Uh, There was also the Rhythm Method. Um, That was one of the mixed groups. Because, sorry, maybe we really do need an explicit filter on this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But uh, yeah, they were called the Rhythm Method. They were a mixed group. And... Oh my goodness, I've only just got that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh, sorry. It took me so long to understand. And then I, oh, yeah, okay, I'm with you now. Sorry, yeah. continue. <laughs> no worries. Um, and I feel like there's another, but for the life of me, I am drawing a blank at what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so there were these other groups. And my roommate one year was part of Rhythm Method. Um, uh, but I, I never joined a group when I was in university. And I will forever um, regret that forever because it was I don't know I just wasn't ever confident enough in my singing ability even though I love to sing and I I randomly sing in the car and sing in the shower and sing whenever there's an opportunity to but I I just didn't have the guts which I am I I regret at the same time I, I feel like that's a very relatable a relatable situation for a lot of people because because I feel I feel in the same way a lot of the times like you you almost you, you really want to be a part of something, but sometimes your own kind of fears about your own abilities get in the way. And I used to always think that I was such a bad singer that I couldn't sing at all. And so I wouldn't audition mm-hmm. for like school plays or any of this kind of stuff. And it's like, then you look back and you're like, why didn't I throw myself into it? But at the same time, I think it's launched you into such a kind of unique situation with acapella and the fact that you, like no one else really does what you and, and the whole kind of Acaville radio does which I think is so such an interesting dynamic and it's you know something I feel like that should be celebrated because you you bring you bring this network together you do a lot of work to bring people closer especially across the Atlantic when you've got all of these two very like separate UK acapella and America acapella and they're kind of like almost two separate entities but I mean we'll get we'll get more onto that in a minute when we start talking about acapella um but so when you left university did you did you know that you wanted to do something with acapella somewhere in your spare time? Or was it a sort of, you had a bit of a hiatus after that? There was a small hiatus, but not very, not, I mean, small. <laughs> it was a short hiatus um, where I moved from, uh, from New York. I, you know, when I graduated from university, I moved uh, to, I live now in the DC area, Washington, DC. And I apologize for our US <laughs> politics. Um, but because um, <laughs> uh, I understand that they have impacts on others. Um, and so, sorry. 
Uh, but um, I moved to the D.C. area, and I've been here ever since. And, you know, that move was a, a big emotional move, right? Like a, this big change in my life to move from being a, a student to being like a, a, a person who had a job and trying to, you know, sort of find my way as a responsible adult in air quotes because you know seriously I don't know that you're really an adult the second you graduate but whatever that's not yeah no, um, I'm like that. we're, we're that's all going through exactly the same thing right now so you are you're pressing all of the right buttons you're all saying all of the right things like, you're not really an adult <laughs> and, and honestly it wasn't like as a little divergence like I I mentioned that I just moved into my own place that I bought myself and that makes me feel like a grown-up Right, like the, yeah. <laughs> so many years later, you own but, property. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, back to the real story. Um, so yeah, I took a, a little bit of a break, uh, but I, I knew that I wanted to keep looking for acapella, so I did. Um, when I was here, there's a there's a local paper, and they would advertise various things going on, and there was. It was a Harmony Sweepstakes, which is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a competition that's in the U.S. that is regional, um, and they have different competitions in different parts of the United States, and D.C. was one of them. And they were uh, they were holding this, uh, I don't know if it was a quarter or a semifinal round, but I, I went. And uh, in the program, they talked about this brand new thing where they were doing called the national uh, competition of collegiate acapella uh and they were doing finals in new york and for those who don't know ncca is the precursor to icca and so um they had this advertisement they talked about it in intermission that they were going to be doing this thing and i'm like well my mom still lives in new york i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to new york and visit my mom and go to this competition go to this finals in new york city and so i did and that was the precursor to me going every year. I went every year after that first year. I've been to every ICC. Wow. Final. wow. That's, That's so crazy. crazy. Because like, yeah, because, you know, the ICCA yeah. in itself, because it only became international subsequently after it was the NCCA, like, I love that you can be like, I've been to every ICC, like every single one that has existed. That's so cool. How has it changed wow. then in that time? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's a such a good question. Like the, I mean, I think the sort of obvious answer is the the music, right? Like the music changes, but I think even more so than that is the the seriousness and the amount of energy and effort that the groups put into every element of the the competition. In the beginning, it was much more casual. It wasn't such people didn't take it so seriously, you know. It, or, or or being outside and being an audience member and not having as much insight into the preparations that people were doing, maybe that is where I get that impression from. Maybe they were as serious and I just wasn't as aware. But, you know, it was, it was more lighthearted. People didn't take themselves as seriously as they do now. And so people were silly. They made different choices about... about um, costumes and what they wore that were that were uh, just less serious less more lighthearted, more yeah that's definitely Um, a huge i mean it's this idea of american and english acapella like we we've talked about this before we talked first on on acaville about the the difference between that but I i think definitely the idea of this like performative entertainment aspect and mm-hmm. what kind of like how jovial you make it like is it that you're getting up there to entertain people or are you going up there to like do some serious music and I think sometimes it's going between the two but I, I, that's so interesting that you feel like it's started in this kind of maybe the audience goes first and as yeah. we've sort of gone through it's more like our journey as a group and like how we've developed our sound and I mean ah, I'm talking about like the, the one like these other people right <laughs> <laughs> that's the intention but no how interesting well and I, I have to say that I really appreciate the kind of music and the way that the UK groups approach it because it is so much like more like my intro to acapella I appreciate that lightheartedness, that, like, mm. can you take a joke? Sometimes we're going to make fun of ourselves. Sometimes we're going to be a little bit silly. That that speaks to me in a way that the seriousness doesn't always. 
Interesting. Do you, this is going to put you a bit on the spot here, but do you have a like all time favorite performance at the, any of the ICCA or even the NCCA finals that you went to? Is there like one that sticks out? You're nodding your head. I like that. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yes. So, um, this is going to be so trite, but so the book that the Pitch Perfect movie was based on Mm -hmm. is called Pitch Perfect. And the group that the Barden Bellas was based on was um, Devisi from University of, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to, uh, Oregon? No? Devisi from, oh gosh, I I'm going to. I know uh, this because it was in my dissertation. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I think it's Oregon. <laughs> yes, you're right, from University of Oregon. Okay, I got it. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Devisi from University of Oregon. And I saw, so, so if you have not read the book, they don't win, right? Like, so the, the Pitch Perfect movie fictionalized the Barden Bellas winning, but in real life, the group that they're based on, DeVisi came in second. And they came in second, this is all sort of like acapella lore, because one of the judges, <laughs> like, just decided they did not like an all-female group. They just didn't think that, like, an all-female group could, like, hack it in acapella, like, like had the standard that uh, of either musicality or... Um, I'm not 100% sure, but this is like, you know, like legend, uh, acapella legend. Um, But I saw that performance in um, Alice Tully Hall, I believe, in Lincoln Center, and they blew my mind. They were so good. Mm. They are, that is this gold bar standard that I hold most things to. It was so good. So good. I love that. Yeah, I love that the movie was based off of off of them, and they were like some like some of the best you've seen. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah, that's um, it's fantastic. That's so great, and especially like with you know, um, at least to me, it seems the scene has grown so much after that movie, and still mm-hmm. nothing has reached the standard that they reached. Yeah, I would say a close second for me was um, uh, uh, voices in your head. Um, in I think it was 2015 when they competed and they came in second also and I thought they were far and away mm. like a, a bit the better the better performance mm. that night for for both of those performances what were the kind of outstanding factors that made them kind of better than the rest for you um song choice I think it was um for uh for Devisi they did yeah by Usher Yes. And that is the definitive version for me of that song. Of that, like no one else in acapella can do it for me. Nobody. It was these women, like, I, I'm just going to say it, kicking ass, right? Yeah. Like just being strong and owning their femininity. And in that moment, still choosing this, like, this decidedly and unapologetically appreciative of the female form song. Um, and I, I, I loved it. I just loved it. And they're, they were, they, they, they did it so well and it was so unexpected mm. to hear this all female group do this like Usher song. Yeah. Um, that, that for me it was, I, I'll be honest, I cannot remember the other songs that they did because that song blew my mind. And yeah, it was that. And, and so it was it was the combination of this song choice, the performance, the like all of these elements together mm. and not picking and picking a song that like people knew, but it what but they did it there they owned it. It was so theirs, even though it was a song that people knew. And this is something that comes up there are there are so many there are so many elements to that, like you say, that make it so poignant because it's like the always the best performances in a cappella. They don't have to be like the songs that nobody knows. I think a lot of people tend to go for like alternative songs because they think we can make it our own because people don't really know it. And so they'll think it's from by right. us. But when you take a song that everybody has at least heard in the club once or like heard on the radio a few times and all of a sudden you make it into something completely different to what it was and like you make it like we we've had this example come up again. Um, we spoke before about um, Aquapella doing Punching in a Dream. And it's like yeah. that song, when you listen to the original, 
it's nothing like that. But I now only want to listen to the acapella version because to me, like that is the that is the that's the one. And it's like you say. Yeah, see, for, for me, I wouldn't say that one, but I'd say Purple, like because I didn't know Punching yeah. the Dream anyway. But Purple Rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I even I was showing someone it the other day actually who doesn't know much about acapella. I was like, oh, yeah, check this out. Mm. And every time I just think, George would bless it. Like, in my head, like, Prince can move over for a second, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, it's that capella, eh? <laughs> But then, like you say as well, you layer on top of that the fact that it's it's an all-female identifying group completely owning their sexuality. And that was in what? It was 2005 that they came second? Somewhere like that, yeah. And it's like, and and you just think, like, even now... Because, again, like, my dissertation was all based on gender, uh, the appreciation of, of kind of gender differences in the ICCA competition. And it's like, even now, if I wrote that two years ago when I was like, here are all of the reasons why, you know, there are discrepancies between how things are judged. And that was in 2005. And a judge, right. you know, came right out and said, like, I don't like all female identifying groups. And it's like, for them to have just completely bucked the trend and been like, we're going to go out there and we're going to do this, like, our own way because it's what we want to do. And, like... It's just that extra bit of thought where groups buck everything that, you know, everybody else is following. They don't get necessarily the judging sheet and run through each point. They're like, we want to put on a show for you. And sometimes those are the ones that the audience appreciates the most, but they don't win. And it happens so often time and time again that you get these amazing, almost like, um, what's the word? Cultural reset songs or performances in acapella. And you think you know, it's phenomenal. And then it comes second or it comes third or, you know, it's just, yeah. Oh, crazy. Well, and that moment I've spoken to actually to, um, uh, oh gosh. Um, I was, uh, now I'm going to Amanda Newman. I spoke to Amanda Newman, who is the head of varsity vocals. Um, and I actually spoke with Lisa Forkish, who is from Devisi from the year that they performed at ICC, you know, when they performed that set. Um, and both of them shared with me that that experience changed the rubric. Like it caused varsity vocals to change their judging system because of the because of the the result, the end result, which I think is like really amazing. What an impact! Like it doesn't matter if you won at that point. Like you fundamentally shifted the way people approach like appreciating an art form and like that is that's phenomenal such a powerful thing yeah so to to everyone out there listening (laughs) aim aim to be like to vc aim to aim to kick the rule book (laughs) out of the window and you know make make them think make the judges think i think yeah that's kind of a good segue though actually onto onto another question i wanted to ask you which is your opinion on this year's iccas and how you think that might inadvertently change the game again and whether groups are going to take advantage of that what give us your thoughts i think it's complicated Mm -hmm. i think in the ways that um this sort of um in general there's been a lot of talk about the the unfairness of uh of this kind of competition in terms of the the groups and the universities that have access to more funds end up having more success because because money right um and when you're a group that doesn't have access to that you are it is a a a bigger hill to climb it's just a bigger hill to climb Mm. um i don't necessarily think that's different in this environment even though i think it is um in the virtual environment, I don't. I, I, I think that's the, um, the the intention, but I don't know that it's at the fact mm-hmm. or, or the reality. Um, in that, you know, yeah, your group can do it yourself, but if you're a group that has access to more money and therefore more better equipment um, or more opportunity to take courses um, on how to do editing or video production or any of those things. Um, or you're a group who has access to internally within your members um, people who have strong arranging skills, and uh, you know, uh, uh, if I think that you know some of the music schools have lots of opportunity for success because they're pulling from a pool of people who are 
a bigger pool who are skilled in the way they need to be skilled in order to be successful in this environment. So mm. I, I don't know how you get around that, but I do think that there is still some of that mm. in this environment. There's there's no way there's no way of really standardizing it. Like you can't say you're allowed to spend 60 hours mm. editing or like this is how much time you can give it or this is your budget. Like people right. That there would there would be no way of making that work. So I suppose the the good things come out of it, especially I feel for maybe in America, like travel costs and mm. stuff. That would be something yeah. that you yes. don't have to like. That's that's a a big big plus. Well, and for you all too, because yeah. getting your groups to New York is the closest <laughs> possible. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, it happens every single year because having spoken to the groups who go across, it's like oh, yeah. you get that semi-final because to anyone who hasn't doesn't know the ICCA dates, usually the semi-final in the UK is one of the first couple of weeks of March and then the finals will be at the latest halfway through April. And so it's like yeah. you have a month to get 15 people, tickets, hotels, you know, all of that kind of stuff in New York City on the right. evening of like this big performance where a lot of people are going to be traveling there anyway. And these groups, you know, some of them have already booked hotel rooms because they're not that far away and they're going to go and see the show even if they don't get in. So it's like, you know, right. and then in a month you have to fundraise all this money to get across the Atlantic. And it's like, oh, challenge, such a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, I, I mean, I've, I've wondered for a long time. I, I know it's called ICCA. It's international. But really, let's be honest. It's Canada and the UK. Yeah. It's not I. Yeah. It's yeah. not as I as it could be. No. There was um, there was one year where a German group entered, I believe, and I think that's been the really? only the only case of it being like outside of the other three countries that I know of. And that's <laughs> I a wonder shame. what regional they would have been in. Well that was my thought. It's like where do they go? <laughs> do, does it end I wonder if it ends up just being rather than UK different regionals, like it ends Europe. up just being Europe yeah. as but then now there are three is it three or four different uh, quarterfinals in the UK, yeah, aren't there? We're growing. Yeah, we're growing. Yeah, for sure. So, well, and in like in Asia, there's a ton of acapella, yeah. but there's not. But there's no. I don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason, but I don't know why that isn't a region. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an opportunity that that at the moment is being mm. missed out on, but it's such a potential for mm. future and and. Yeah, and it's just like all it takes is that invitation because the, the competition is, and I guess there's the whole element of like the competition is so tailored at the moment to English speaking songs and English speaking kind of, and, and all of it's very sort of like Western with that sort of emphasis. But I would I would love nothing more than for it to actually become this global phenomenon where like you get people representing so many different countries around the world. Because again, we had we had a conversation with Shakira about the fact that a lot of people do acapella music in their lives and they don't realise they're doing acapella. And it's like, imagine all of the different styles of music that you could get if you bought people's cultural acapella and people's, you know, if you're going to a religious service and you're singing acapella, like that kind of style that comes with that. Right. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. So you're on it there. Maybe you should ring up Amanda and be like, hi, have this idea and you can become like a global (laughs) coordinator. (laughs) And then I'll have to be responsible for it. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a house now, sorry. (laughs) I can't be in Asia just quite yet. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to the other big thing that we have completely not spoken about at all so far, which is Ackerville. I mean, what a platform. We, I just, I feel like it's, it's something that everybody at some point has come across, like I said, because you just seem to have a, a podcast episode with everybody under the sun who's done acapella on it. Like the other week I went on and I was like, oh, you know, um, Academy have released a new album. I wonder if there's any content. You'd already had an interview with them about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us, tell us more about how you got into Ackerville and, and what you do there now. Yeah. So as I mentioned sort of a bit ago, uh, my only sort of interaction with acapella for a long time was going to ICCA finals. Um, And every couple of months, maybe years, I'm not sure the frequency, but I would go online and be like, well, how can I listen to more than just something once a year? That's not (laughs) enough. Um, And there wasn't anything forever, forever and ever. There was nothing. And then one 
one August uh, in 2013, 2014, I wanna say, I I, I did a search and Acaville came up and I was like, what is this? There's an acapella radio station? Cool. So then I listened for like, I don't know, obsessively for like three days or something. And then I was like, I, I need to be involved. I need to, I need to, I need to be more involved. I need to figure out how to like make sure that this doesn't go away because I, I love this. And so I want to do more. And so I reached out and I said, I looked on the website because they had a bunch of um, volunteer positions and it was like, you know, host a show, pick some music, uh, you know, do some editing. And I'm like, I have literally zero of those skills. Um, so in my day job, I'm a computer programmer. Uh, and so when I went on, I, so I wrote to them and I said, well, I can do none of the things that you need help with, but you have a website and that I can do. So, and I love acapella music. So, um, like, can I help <laughs> you run the website? Uh, and so, uh, I, I heard back. Uh, and they said, well, um, what do you propose? What are you thinking of? And so I brainstormed and I came up with like half a dozen ideas of things that I thought would be cool. And he's like, well, I've been, uh, so uh, the owner, founder of Acaville, his name is Aaron Director. Yes, that is his real last name. I um, absolutely <laughs> love that. We were, we actually were discussing this just before we the show. We were like, do you think Aaron and Donna's names are actually director or is that like a... A, a position I a, what a great speaking of great surnames there's another one right meant to be, <laughs> meant to be. <laughs> so Aaron wrote me back and said like well so what are your ideas and I I again having a background in computer programming I wrote up like a requirements document of like here are all the things that I'm thinking of and like how I would do them and he was like well this one thing you mentioned is something I've actually been wanting to do so like write that one up for me more and I'm like okay and I wrote like three pages of like, you know, all wow. the different elements that I would need and uh, to do it. And he's like, well, that's fantastic. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, so do that thing. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and well, it's not enough. So, you know, we're going to, so just to tell you what it was, it was what turned into our requests and dedications hour. Uh-huh. Um, my idea was I really, rem- I, I remember listening to Casey Kasem when I was a kid and these long distance requests. And I was like, that would be really cool. And so that was my idea. And I, uh, he's like, okay, great. Well, no one's going to request. We're not going to be able to fill a whole show with requests and dedications, like right when you first launch this thing. So, so you write it up, you, you, you make it. And then I'm going to need you to like fill out, like, like pad the show because with like fake requests and dedication, you know, just other music. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And he's like, and by the way, uh, you'll have to do an hour's worth of, because we don't accept volunteers for anything less than an hour's worth of, of showtime. Uh, so you'll have to figure something else out for the other half hour. And I was like, uh, okay, um, how about this? <laughs> Panic, right? And I'm like, well, can you do the intros, like the, the music introductions? Because I don't feel comfortable doing that. Uh, and so, uh, but I was like, you know what? How am I going to pick music? I can't just like randomly pick songs. So I was like, I'm going to come up with a theme hour. I'm going to have a theme for my music. That'll help me like call through the, the list of like, because at that point there were like, there were thousands of songs and I was like, I have no idea how to choose. So the theme hour was my idea also. And so I was like, my very first theme hour was weather. Um, so like, that's a good one. Rain, snow, sun, the weather girl. Yes. The weather girl. Yes. (laughs) You know it. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, that was my, that was the very first theme hour. And so, um, and it just kind of grew from there. Um, so after a while of doing the theme hour, I was like, well, there's a theme here, but I'm picking them for reasons and I want to talk about those reasons. And so from there, I was like, well, okay, I want to do the introductions. I want to say the songs. And so that's, that's how I transitioned from just doing some of the the picking of the music to actually sort of being on air. And how do you, I, I, how do you find the experience? Like going from having no, cause you said you haven't, you came into this being like, I have no experience in these fields. Like, how did you find that getting into, cause I think a lot of people feel like doing radio or podcasts is 
an easy thing to do, but I think it, especially radio, takes a little bit of like, you know, wherewithal and, and some skill and planning to get into that. So how was that? Um, so I had listened to Aaron do it, right? I had been listening to Akaville, so I had a sense of kind of like the, the, the style, the tone that he was going for. And I also listened to NPR, which I don't know if you guys um, listen to or are aware of, but they have a lot of shows that they that they pr- produce that are on the air and then air as podcasts. And so I kind of had like a, a, a sense of um, like how other voices do it. And I think I was just lucky. I think that um, part of my personality is I'm a I'm a big people person. I mean, and I have a very uh, um, emotional voice, right? I don't have a flat voice. Like I have a lot of um, excitement and uh, inflection in my voice. And I think that that was just a lucky coincidence. Um, and so it was through. Th- like I found the transition daunting and scary, but not, and, and to this day, I can't listen to myself. Like that's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's horrible to listen to yourself talk because how I sound in my head through my ears is so different than how I sound. Yeah. So different. Yeah, no. Absolutely. <laughs> I get that. Like, mm-hmm. Because every that week, <laughs> every week it gets me. I edit this podcast and I get into it and my voice comes in and I'm like, oh, is that really how I sound? Yeah. And it's just like, you never get used to it. <laughs> never get used to it. We're having a really meta moment with all of our different radio podcast yeah. chat. Like, it's happening now, but yeah. we're talking about it. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I sound super high and squeaky when I edit myself. But in my own head, I don't sound high and squeaky. I sound like I have a normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to clarify you don't sound high and squeaky you have uh, and, but like you say you have a very engaging voice like it's good to listen to because you you really you draw everyone in with the way you speak which which is such a key thing for but it's not yeah no but it's not just that like it is it is the passion mm. that you have for what you're talking about I yeah. think that's what sells people on it it's like Rachel knows what she's talking about and she cares what she's talking about. So I I'm not sure that like that that is that would. Be I'm not sure setting. I agree with the knows about what she's talking about, but she cares about what she's talking about. <laughs> no, 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 you do. Mrs. I've been to every single ICCA ever. You know yeah. more than I do. All you the stuff we're talking about, I've got a clue. You just spoke all about the VC. <laughs> I don't know well, a thing. <laughs> I mean, knowledge comes and goes, but the passion for sure, I a thousand percent agree with that. I I care. Yeah. I definitely care. So, yeah. Uh, well, I find it so interesting how um, there's you. You said about the kind of opportunity in the um, when you saw those volunteer positions originally um, to host and to speak on the radio, and then but you just you weren't there for that at that point, and the, kind of the growth to get there. And it's the same with the um, uh, you know when you're at uni, not wanting to audition for a group. I, I find it really interesting how. As you say, your passion has continued the, the, for, from then to now, you know? I just find it so interesting because we've spoken before about, like, um, saying, you know, yeah. if anyone ever thinks, oh, maybe I should do this or I'm not too sure. Like, if you can muster up the courage to go to that audition, to go to that first job, even if no one else will go with you, like, go for it because, you know, yeah. as you say, you might regret it if not, so you might as well give it a try. <laughs> exactly. I... I highly encourage people to to try, just try because there's no. I mean, what's the worst that mm. can happen? That you don't get it, mm. you don't get it, and the best is that you do. And then and then you're in, and then you get to you know live the exciting a cappella life that we're all living now. Like you know. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh dear. So you started with Ackerville doing the shows, but you now also, as we've spoken about, do podcasts. Um, and the one that we were on is The Pulse, which and mm-hmm. that seems to be the main one that I see that has literally everybody on it. Um, but do you want to talk a bit about that? And then because there's other there are other podcast shows as well and, and other radio shows. There's so much yeah. on Ackerville. Um, so can you talk us through those a little bit? Thanks. Yeah, I'd love to. So as I transitioned into uh, so I'm going to tie it together. So as I transitioned into um uh, doing the on-air stuff, like recording myself to be on shows, I had um, the idea that because I love ICCA and I love the competition so much and because my background is so much tied to those things, it it was 
November-ish or so of the uh, after the August where I first started volunteering with Acaville. And I'm like, you know what? I want to reach out to the groups that are competing in ICCA and ask them if they want to talk to me and just talk about their sets and how they're preparing and all that stuff. And that turned into Competition Countdown, which is a show that um, that in the beginning I co-hosted with Aaron because I was um, I wasn't sure that I could handle all of the like the the, the needs around it. Um, but uh, I after a year or two, I took over. I was like, you know what? I want to do this all by myself. <laughs> Bye, Aaron. <laughs> so, director who? I see ya. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I think maybe I can direct this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so the Pulse was actually... So, so I started doing Competition mm. Countdown as my first show with Acaville. And as part of that, what I would do is go to various festivals. And that were happening around the U.S. and mostly on the East Coast, um, or a couple hours inward from that. Um, but uh, what I did was at these festivals. Sometimes there were groups that were competing, and sometimes there weren't. There were groups that weren't competing, but I still wanted to talk to them. And so I needed to figure out a way that that made sense. And in the beginning, it was like, well, we're going to this festival, and here's like you know Rachel on the road with these random groups. They would just be sort of specials. And then I wanted, I just wanted to do more. So people would be like, well, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk under this, the guise of this thing called The Pulse. And it became its own show for that reason. Um, so it, it grew out of this, this desire to talk to more people. I like people. I like talking yeah. to people. Um, I'm curious about people and about their, their process and, and how they come up with the ideas they come up with. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it came out of that. And so The Pulse is now basically a, a half-hour show that, and I talk to anybody and everybody about anything that they're doing that's even peripheral. Any, these anyone, people you dragged off the street the other week. Just, 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 just anyone who can find. <laughs> <laughs> they rock and we're like, okay, we'll chat to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but coming from that, I do, I'm curious is there in America? So I, I I don't know I don't know much about the American acapella scene, but is there sort of this ICCA track and then maybe a different kind of track where you don't? Because I in my head everyone does the ICCAs in America like it's huge, everyone's in it. That's all you do. But is that the case? No, it's not. I mean, it is a big part of um of a number of groups, but there are non-competitive groups who don't compete in ICCA. They just get together and sing because they like to sing and they want to you know, make music together, but they don't want the pressure and the stress of what is involved in competition. Uh, some of them do. And sometimes they'll compete on a um, every other year basis uh, so that they have like sort of growth years and then they have competition years. Uh, and then some groups just don't compete at all, at all. And, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. And they produce lovely, amazing uh, music. And you don't have to be a, com- a competitive group in order to be relevant, right? Just, I think it's really just the passion and the um, desire to work together to create this greater thing than just any one person might make. It's it's like you say, I think it's because sometimes you get on things like Bocca, the best of collegiate acapella um, album that Varsity Vocals do. Sometimes on these playlists, you get songs from groups that haven't competed in in like acapella albums or playlists or or music and things and and they can be sometimes the most surprisingly beautiful because they've spent like there's not that season where you know it's october and you have to enter and then it's january and you have to quarter like they're not confined by that structure of the year so they have so much time to just work and develop until and and they don't just finish in april they they finish when they're happy with the product and they finish when it's the standard they want it to be so it's like you have this really it's a passion project and, and it shows and it makes yeah. beautiful music. So for those who don't yeah. choose to listen to those who don't compete in the ICC, is he missing out? You should be listening. For sure. <laughs> listen to the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I really love about Acaville is that we don't just play mm. music of people who are, are on Boca or Bosa or mm-hmm. uh, in a competition. We play whatever music is out there because mm. One of our missions is to be the place where people learn about music that people are making. Mm. And if you, the, the, 
if you're making music, then we want to make sure that it gets heard. So, I mean, I, I, that, I feel very deeply and um, emotionally about that, about that mission. It, it's meaningful mm. to me to give people a platform to get their art out there and heard. Mm. There's definitely a faith in that because I think that's an extra step to art that you sometimes disregard as an artist. If you're thinking, I'm going to make this thing and I'm really excited to make it and just my small circle of people know about it and that's fine. But then you don't have that faith to be like, I'm going to broadcast this to the next thing. So having platforms like Hackerville mean that you can have that broadcasting moment that maybe you didn't think you could. So yeah, no, you're that that's wonderful. And I think the other thing we should point out at this point in time is that if you had been the exclusive platform that only does like ICCA people, we wouldn't be on it. <laughs> we <laughs> no, wouldn't we have a podcast because <laughs> we, we might forget it because we've done ICCAs a lot before, but we are not an ICCA competing group. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think one thing that people don't recognize is that there is music after university, at least in the US, yeah. and I've seen it in the UK too, that post, post-uni acapella exists and you can't know about it because there aren't there there isn't the kind of awareness and exposure to those groups that that things like ICCA and ICHSA provide for the groups that compete yeah, I really I really I, I really love the work that that you guys do on that front because it, it does just show like because I say, you know, you, you log on and you see everybody that you know under the sun, but at the same time, there's so much content on there that you, like, it's new people that you've never come across before, or, like, it's a perspective that you hadn't thought about, and it's, like, it's such a platform for education about the subject that is, and like you've said with your experience, like, it's born from passion, and that's always going to be the best way for things to kind of yeah. naturally develop when people just care enough about something to dedicate some of their time and the thing we haven't i don't we probably mentioned it but haven't said enough is the fact that you're all volunteers you all do this because you love it like yeah a thousand percent i mean gosh if i think about like the the amount of hours the number of hours alone let alone the the flights that i've paid for to go to various festivals that like nobody pays me to do right (laughs) um it is it is completely out of love and respect for the art form and for the people who are doing it but that's something you can never ever regret and that's why it's amazing because as long as you love it I do you're doing a good thing yeah I I don't ever regret the time that I spend doing that it's it's such a joy and an honor to be allowed to be allowed to do it that people let me um care about them right and Mm. That, that's really special. So before we move on, I think that was a very wholesome note to kind of wrap up this little section oh, on. That's very lovely. That was so me. lovely. I know, I feel so, my heart's I'm so warm. to the brim. Um, but where can people find you? How do they access Ackerville? Do you want to give your links and details? A thousand percent I will. Um, you can see Ackerville, you can go to Ackerville on Ackerville.org on the web uh, and you can b- press the big old play button at the top to listen you can also download the Akaville Radio app in the App Store uh, and listen that way. You can also listen on TuneIn, which is another app that you can access Akaville on. And then we are Akaville Radio on all your social platforms. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not TikTok, YouTube. Um, we're Maybe TikTok soon. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, but at Akaville Radio on all of the social media platforms. And can can I just confirm you're 24 hours, right? 24-7. So anytime you have a hankering for acapella music, you just turn us on. Can't wait till three o'clock this morning when I'm just going to be like, <laughs> click the button, go for it. Again, with that uh, explicit rating. Yeah. Turn me on, on any old time. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but let's, let's, in the meantime, on that note, move on to some weekly obsessions. You are my obsession. You're my obsession. What do you want me to be to let you be with me? You are an obsession. Rachel. You're my obsession. Yeah. I think you may have just found. I'm actually. (laughs) If if you're happy with that, I might snip that and use that from now on as a jingle. (laughs) Do it. Done. It's yours. And on that beautiful note, weekly obsessions. Yay! 
Um, we explain this most weeks, not every week, but for those of you who may not have listened to an episode before, this is the section where we literally just talk about what we're obsessed with this week. Um, and as our guest of honour, Rachel, would you like to go first and tell us what you've been obsessed I with? I will. Um, this week, I have been obsessed with my friends who have helped me furnish and and move all of my furniture and their furniture. They donated to me almost every piece of furniture that's in this house to help me set it up. And I am obsessed with them and so beyond grateful for their for their existence in my life. That's so absolutely lovely. That's like, you've, you've come onto this podcast to warm everyone's hearts today. Like, oh, that's such a nice obsession. Um, so, so does this mean that you have a house where like all of the individual bits of furniture kind of represent a different person to you and you can look at them and see the person who gave them to you? It does indeed mean that. And I, I think actually it's really fitting because one of the things that I like to do, I like to travel. And one of the things that I do when I travel is I purchase a painting from every, like from the, the countries that I go to. And so that means all wow. of my walls are decorated with stories with stories of places I've been to. And now all of the furniture in my house is decorated with the stories of the human beings who have contributed to me in my life. It's just so, oh, it's like such a, a, a Zen-like moment. I don't even know how to describe it. That sounds so lovely and so wholesome. Somebody needs to write a film about that because that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> you say that, Rachel, it's so lovely. And I'm looking at my wall and there's a picture of my wall that says, some days I'm so fabulous, it scares me a little. And that's... <laughs> not the same. not have the same kind of heartfelt message. Sort of... So you know, some I'm days pleased. It's about balance. Some days yeah. it's about... Yeah. <laughs> some days it's about me, some days it's about you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, br- we'll bring that obsession past this week. You can be obsessed with your friends forever. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have that one. That's, <laughs> that's a good one to have. Is there, is there a particular piece of furniture that you would like to highlight as like, as one particularly crazy wild thing that like either like doesn't fit with the decor or like really goes with everything surprisingly? I feel like everything goes surprisingly well with everything. And I, there is I'm not- shocked. There is not one thing because I can tell you, somebody gave me a, a wooden bunk bed. Somebody gave me a wooden queen size bed. Somebody gave me a sectional with a queen size sleeper sofa. Like you have so many beds. Somebody gave me a leather couch. Like there is, how could I pick from that to tell you one thing that is more amazing than the other? Yeah, that's wild. I, in my head, I'm picturing like Joey Tribbiani's yeah. apartment. You know, when he's really gets really successful and he has that dog. That that's that's what I have in my. Head. <laughs> Somebody's like wielding a porcelain dog <laughs> a, to your house. Like it's a red can... leather sofa. <laughs> And the window, the window it. with the it. rain coming down it, like all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rachel's got it all. Yes. That. That's absolutely phenomenal. I feel like nobody's nobody's obsession is going to match up to that now. No, I think we should just quickly. I'm sorry, maybe I should have gone last. No, but I want to hear. I want to hear your obsession. So tell me what you guys. Rob, are you go next. Oh, do you want me to go next? Okay. Yeah. Right. So mine is taking it as per usual to the most basic level. I am obsessed with something from WandaVision this week. Oh, it's not just I, I'm surprised with myself mm-hmm. that I didn't just say WandaVision full stop because I am obsessed with that show. Honestly, Wanda from the Marvel Comics, Wanda and her son Wiccan have long been my favourite characters from the whole Marvel universe. But so this show was like my absolute dream when it happened. But the thing in the show that happened in episode seven is the revelation that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Spoilers, I've said that retroactively to anyone who hasn't watched it. Sorry if I have just spoiled it for anyone. But it's not just the fact that she was Agatha Harkness. It's the fact that she has a theme song. And I cannot stop listening to the theme song. It's called Agatha All Along. And oh my God, it's, it's the best piece of TV I've ever seen. I will hands down say that. I've seen a lot of TV. <laughs> Nice. It's just like, imagine that there's like, a, there are no other villains in the Marvel Universe that have a canonised theme song. And I just think, wow, wonderful. 
Have you? Have, has anyone? Has anyone actually seen this episode? Or am I like? Oh yeah, no, no. My, well, my thing with it is, I would like. I think we needed the theme song because you knew that she, who she was going to yeah. be, who she was going to be it. So I think that's that's the that's the good thing about it is, mm. even though it was predictable, the way they did it was so unpredictable. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm still on board. Like this is still fine. Just I'm I'm good with this. Absolutely obsessed. No, uh, a wonderful obsession. Well, to be honest, Rob, I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. So your your basicness is actually up a level. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I'm step two on the ladder mm. towards you are like it's a bit more niche but yeah, yeah. no but I, it's still still good <laughs> well maybe taylor swift will be next week i'll degrade myself further on this <laughs> yeah, sorry, i would also like to point that. out taylor yeah. swift is not degrading i love her no. i think she's amazing so <laughs> that was a lie from me and on that note let's move on uh charlie <laughs> what's your obsession my well every week pretty much every week i write something down for my obsession because in the first couple of episodes, I was scrambling, um, and I would always get a bit of stress, like, oh no, what could I possibly be obsessed with this week? I don't know. But, so I wrote down roast chicken, and the reason I wrote down roast chicken was because I have this big orange pot, and I just love on a Sunday just chucking loads of veg and just making some kind of casserole or roast chicken or whatever it is. There's something just so calming about just chopping on the veg, putting on all the spices, mm. shoving it in the oven and just, you just always, it always comes out of something delicious. I love that. So, it was going to be nice. that. However, on my windowsill. Wait, it's not that. No, it's the strawberry sauce, man. <laughs> I, this strawberry sauce, so I love... What, wait, I can't even see what it is. Oh, sorry guys, <laughs> it's Asky's Treat Strawberry Flavour Topping. There you go. <gasps> Sorry, listener, you cannot Yum. see the bottle, but it's a little blue I love bottle. This. Uh, with some Charlie, you've got on some it. like big hearty wholesome meal to a <laughs> <laughs> bottle of strawberry sauce, sauce from yeah. BM. <laughs> I, I, I realised, unfortunately, every time I swear, like, like, pretty much every week, my obsession revolves around food. Uh, food Perfectly and drink okay. but this, this I think that sounds right yeah, I mean exactly. <laughs> you know I'm giving you guys some great tips so you should go try the strawberry sauce if you like artificial strawberry flavour things but I just love ice cream so much and in work mm. someone has some toffee sauce and honestly I was like I need to up my ice cream <gasps> game so I bought these mm-hmm. you know those like um, wafery curl things which have chocolate in the middle and strawberry sauce yes. and I was living my Pirouettes? best life are they I mean, realistically, they're probably also called something different in America to they are in here. So I believe you. I believe that that probably yeah, is their name. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I also believe you. I have when no I idea what it is, I think but, I'd like yeah, it. So. I like the sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, strawberry sauce. Go, go get some ice cream. Strawberry I, maybe sauce. you should put strawberry sauce on your roast dinner next week. Try it out. See how it goes. Yeah, no, challenge. Oh, that would be a bit <laughs> rude, I think. I mean, yeah, no, we got thumbs down can't... from Rachel. <laughs> no, thumbs down. Big old thumbs down. <laughs> you can't put strawberry sauce on my obsession. Whoa. Um, My obsession is... She's got it right there. <laughs> my brand new fluffy bucket oh, hat. Wow. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. So basically, this is... uh, It's like a Borg lime or it said it was lime green but it's like a pale kind of it's like like mint pea mint pea pea, pea, yeah it's green but it's not like a a saturated green anyway um i ordered it so green ball cat i love it so much last week in where i live in where i live where i live last week it was minus (laughs) two so i thought i haven't got a hat to keep my little head warm so I, i ordered a hat this hat arrived yesterday yesterday it was 14 degrees. Uh, today it was 15 degrees. <laughs> so now the need for hat isn't there, but it's okay. I'm prepared for in the winter months when it gets lower. But it yeah. was. It, it is really nice. But I also, my friend Jem compared me to the lady out of, this is going to, Rachel, you're not going to understand this reference, but it's a lady out of a children's TV show called Balamori who wears green and she oh. often wears a bucket hat. What's her um, name, everyone? Do we even, I can't remember think of what her name. Mrs. Something. I'm going to look this up. It's, She's called such the a, Mrs. It's such a weird children's um, program, Rachel. <laughs> Basically, it was set in this like place that's Balamori that I think is a real place, and all the people. The, there... the real place is called Tobamori. Just Tob- in case you okay, want to right? Is Miss Hooley. Miss Hooley. Everyone thought it was Miss Hooley. <laughs> Um, and everyone lives in, in houses that are coloured. So the, there's a man that lives in a pink house and he only wears pink because they lives in a green house and she only wears green. Uh, I don't right. know what they did that. Of this course. lady. Can you see that? 
So me, me and I can. Oh my god, it's so apt. It's so perfect. So I just need a green coat and then I'm set. But that's what I'm obsessed with this week. So if is there, if anyone's feeling like they're not having a good week, go and get yourself a mildly novelty hat that you could also wear outside. I think that's that. That's a good a good vibe to be on for your week. Thumbs up for me on that one. Yes. I love that. So our takeaways from this week is that you've got to go and meet your lovely friends. Uh, You've got to sing on your way there, Agatha All Along from WandaVision. And you've got to bring some strawberry sauce to put on whatever you eat with them. And you have to wear your novelty (laughs) hat of some kind that makes you feel like you're in Balamori. And (laughs) you're set to have an amazing day. What more Perfect. advice could you need from a podcast? I like think, we should become yeah. self-help podcast as These well. These are the steps to success. <laughs> Life lessons for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh dear. Well, on that note, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today, Rachel. It's been so great to hear your story and you've you brought so much knowledge. You brought it up such a level today. So thank oh. you for being here. It has been such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. You have all the links to where you can find Rachel and Rachel's yeah. work on Ackerville. Please, I implore you to go and check it out if you haven't already, because it is just such a beacon for anyone who loves acapella. So if you're listening to this podcast, you, you should know what you're doing already. So please do it. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll speak to you guys again at some point soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We really appreciate all the support and kind words we've been receiving online. Our Patreon page is now live, so if you're looking for even more behind-the-scenes exclusive content, you can find us by searching 1001 Open Mic Nights. If you've got any questions about the podcast or any aspects of the show, email us at 1001openmicnights at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram where we're 1001omn. Thanks for listening. Da 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 da